Hello and a warm welcome to the next episode of our podcast. My name is Niklas Siemer and I'm a product specialist for SAP Business Technology Platform. And I'm happy that I will be your host for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. This is our August episode number 98 of SAP BTP Talk. Let's hear what topics we bring into you at with this episode. First, we will talk about an extract of great roadmap items from SAP Business Technology Platform. Second, the customer story of the month today about Jumbo Supermarkten. And last, the interview. Our today's guest is Christian Fecht, Chief Product Owner of SAP BTP Neo Environment. We're going to talk about the end-of-life announcement of SAP BTP Neo Environment, its motivation, its impact, and more. So let's start. Let me dive into the What's New section and see what roadmap items we've picked for this episode. First roadmap item for today is about SAP Integration Suite. SAP Integration Suite will get an extension of the migration assessment and the embedded migration tool, which results in migration support for customers using SAP Process Orchestration version 7.4 and 7.31. A good opener for on-premise customers which want to migrate their integration scenarios to the cloud. Next roadmap item is about SAP Build Apps. SAP Build Apps will get capabilities for enhanced working with mock data. With that, builders can then add and change mock data visually. This also allows the citizen developers to test and run their application with mock data or live productive data. With the next roadmap item, we're staying in the sphere of SAP Build. SAP Build Process Automation will receive a native bi-directional integration towards SAP Build Apps. This empowers citizen developers to create extension and automation combinations with a simple experience next to increased productivity for complex workloads that need automation and rich user interaction. And last roadmap item for today is around SAP HANA Cloud. Regarding software development projects utilizing SAP HANA deployment infrastructure containers, in short, HDA containers, SAP HANA Cloud will receive capabilities to enable an automatic migration from SAP HANA on-premise HDA containers to SAP HANA Cloud ones. That is a good improvement to migrate your existing scenarios to a reliable and flexible cloud world. As you can see, a lot of new helpful additions planned for the upcoming weeks and months. Stay tuned at Curious Red, and of course, there's even more to come. You can find more information and the link to the roadmap items in SAP Roadmap Explorer in the show notes. Let's get into the customer story of the month. This time it is about Jumbo Supermarkten. Jumbo Supermarkten is the second largest supermarket chain of the Netherlands. With more than 700 stores and more than 25 additional stores in Belgium, they serve more than 10 million customers a year. Jumbo wants to make tasty and healthy food readily available to everyone and it puts the wishes, needs, and expectation of customers first in everything it does. Employees from Jumbo Supermarket were faced the following challenge. Managing the forecast for freshly made baked good convenience items and prepared meals is tough. For doing so, Jumbo used an Excel-based tool called Production Advice List. That tool relied on historical information, manual downloads of data, and other Excel files. This method is not very flexible and innovative, which leads to under- and overestimation of items, which result in dissatisfaction of customers and employees. Underestimation leads to unavailable goods, and overestimation results in food waste, which is not sustainable. 
To tackle this challenge, they created a new version of this production advice list tool with capabilities from SAP BTP, like SAP HANA Cloud, SAP Launchpad Service, which is now called SAP BuildWorks on Standard Edition, and further development tools and frameworks like SAP Cloud Application Programming Model and SAP Fury. The new application makes forecasts based on data of the last two years, including additional attributes like the weather, the date, holiday schedules, time of the day, and information about the according store itself. This application is used on iPads instead of printing out Excel lists from the old tool. Customers receive the products they want at the height of freshness. Plus, sustainability increases as the environment benefits through lower food wastage. This new application was initially rolled out in the 25 Belgium stores and get now extended to the stores in the Netherlands. This production advice list application was entered as a project for the SAP Innovation Awards 2023. You can read more details at the entry page of the SAP Innovation Awards. As always, you can find the link in the show notes. You want to get all future news? please subscribe to this podcast on the platform of your choice and our monthly SAP BTP product newsletter. Check out the new items on our product roadmap and follow us on social media. All right, so that were some hot roadmap items of SAP BTP and the customer story of the month. One agenda point is still left and I know he's already waiting for his part. Let's kick off our episode's interview talk and I'm glad to introduce my today's interview guest, Christian Fecht. Hi, Christian, and welcome to our podcast. It's great to have you on board as my guest today, talking about the end-of-life announcement of SAP BTP Neo environment. I already introduced you with some words, but can you please introduce yourself again and give us some more insights about you and your role at SAP? Yeah, sure. Hi, Niklas. Good morning. Uh, thanks for inviting me to the SAP BTP talk and giving me a chance to talk about BTP Neo or simply Neo. Yeah, my name is Christian Fest. I joined SAP in January 1998. So this makes more than 25 years at SAP. My role, I'm one of the go-to persons in SAP for everything Neo. Formerly, I'm the chief product owner for Neo Core. That's the layer which provides the core platform capabilities. And I also run the Neo Sunset program with a lot of other colleagues to make sure that both SAP customers and partners meet the announced end-of-life date of NEO at the end of 2028. So my relationship with NEO, so I have been working with NEO since the very first day. So we decided the birthday of NEO was on 3rd of March 2010, so more than 13 years ago, and it was in Sofia in Bulgaria. In my 25 plus years at SAP, I have been working on platform topics. I started with ABAP, so our ABAP platform. I was a kernel developer and contributed to the implementation of ABAP objects. Then I moved from ABAP to Java. To the, I worked as an architect in the SAP Java server, which is the located in, in Sofia, which is the basis for the SAP NetBeaver application server Java. My focus was on Java E and on uh, Java Persistence, so things like JPA, Java Persistence API, and so on. So around 2008, I do not recall exactly when it was, but there we started to look into a lightweight 
Open Source Modular Java Server, which we call the LGS, the Lean Java Server, it's internal name, but that's basically the basis for the Java Server in Neo. And then at the beginning of 2010, in, in March, exactly of 2010, we started to work on the first platform as a service pass offering of SAP, which is now known as Neo, and which later evolved into SAP BTP. I was the chief architect of Neo in the early years, and since 2013, I have been the chief product owner of Neo, a little bit more precise of uh, Neo Core, which provides the, let's say, the core platform capabilities of Neo. 25 years at SAP sounds very impressive. So would you like to tell us what you do in your private time? Sure. Uh, I watch a lot of movies. I read a lot of books about movies. I go to film festivals, especially to smaller film festivals where they show movies on 35 millimeter prints. So I'm a, I'm a cinephile. And I'm especially interested in, in French cinema in Italian cinema and in Polish cinema. So my private time is mostly about movies and family, of course. Yeah, sounds quite interesting. So thank you for introducing yourself. Before we start talking about the end of life from SAP BTP Neo environment, can you please explain and summarize our listeners, especially the ones which are not familiar with SAP BTP Neo environment, what it is all about, the evolution of SAP BDP, starting with the Neo environment and evolving to the multi-cloud foundation? Yes, I can do this. So yeah, you can think of Neo as the first version or as a first iteration of what is known today as a BDP. It was SAP's first platform as a service offering. As I explained to you, I was in ABAP and then I was in Java, all platforms. And, and we had the idea in 2000 then, let's maybe turn this into a platform as a service, into a cloud platform. Neo, as opposed to, to Today's BDP is only available in SAP data centers. It was built on the data center infrastructure used by our first SAP cloud solutions. And it has been optimized for running in SAP data centers. We positioned uh, Neo as an extension integration platform for, for both SAP, but also for external customers and partners. So the idea was make it easy for people, wherever they are, to build extensions to SAP on-premise solutions like ECC at the time, later on S4, or to extend SAP cloud solutions like SuccessFactors or CX. Now, the key question is, if you build such a cloud platform, platform as a service, what do you need? What capabilities should you provide? First of all, you need a managed runtime. You need a place where you can execute your code. At the time, Java was still the predominant programming language as SAP. So this resulted in the Neo Java runtime, also known as the subcloud platform Java server. Then you need a place where you can persist your data. This gives you managed databases. We have now HANA in Neo and we have also ASE. We also added uh, document management capabilities. This is a document service. Then very important, if you want to extend on-premise solutions or cloud solutions, you need a, a secure way to connect 
from, from Neo in the cloud to on-premise solution, this resulted in the connectivity service, the destination service, and the sub-cloud connector as the on-premise agent. Then we know many customers just want to do some kind of UI extension. So it should be very easy to build a sub-UI5 application in your web browser and connect it with data in your ABA backend system. And this resulted in, in what we call the managed HTML5 applications. Internally, we call this the Helium, Helium runtime, Helium applications. And this is by far the most popular Neo service. So I know customers which have more than 700 uh, HTML5 applications running on this Helium runtime, talking with our data to data in ABA backend systems. And of course, there are a lot of other services which you need, like you need a monitoring service, you need an audit log service, uh, you name it. And this was the start. So we, we developed this core platform capabilities, but then later on, more and more teams joined the Neo bandwagon and enriched Neo with, let's call it high-level capabilities, which are typically implemented as applications on, on, on the core platform. You know, we have the integration service. It's, it's a very popular service. We have portal, which gives you a launchpad, also freestyle portal sites. We have mobile services. We have workflow workflow service or workflow management services, business rules, we have the identity provisioning service, API management or data provisioning service, web IDE, and most likely a lot of other services which I forgot now. Yeah, thank you for giving us these insights. But could you bring our listeners back to 2010 when you started new development and explain the state of the IT world? Yeah, sure. Let, let me try to, to recall the year 2009, 2010, at least in my memory, I think it was clear that our industry was undergoing the next evolution from virtualization to let's go to utility computing or cloud computing, where you consume everything as a service. At the time, SAP had already a software as a service, a SaaS cloud solution but SAP had no cloud platform. So if somebody, some team in SAP wanted to build a cloud application, it was very difficult. It was almost not possible because there was no platform to use and it was very difficult to get something into the internet at the time. So outside of SAP, there were a few cloud platforms, pass offerings available you know, like Google App Engine or Heroku. And our vision at the time was to build a cloud platform for SAP, for our customers and partners, and yeah, in a certain way, lead SAP's path to the cloud. Now let's recall what was available 2010 to us. There was no HANA. There was also no ESE, so we had MaxDB, a very good database. There was no Cloud Foundry, no containers, no Docker, no Kubernetes, no OpenStack, no Terraform. Of course, these technologies had certain predecessors. There was something like Nebula. I believe it was a predecessor to, to uh, OpenStack. And all these predecessors had yeah, different levels of maturity. So there was not a, let's say, a comprehensive open source path framework 
which you could simply leverage. So then we decided, okay, let's take what is available, put it together and, and get it working because why should we wait? Good is better than perfect. We also said we need to practice. Practice is better than theory. And yeah, looking back, the huge success and popularity of Neo proved us right. Yeah, thanks a lot. One more question. What is the correct name of Neo? It seemed to have quite a lot of different names. Yes, so first of all, yeah, and I know that's confusing or maybe even entertaining looks from which angle you look at it. Yeah, Neo, you know, this is not the guy from Matrix. Neo is a NetWeaver on demand um, because our first branding was as being part of the NetWeaver brand and our first domain was netweaver.ondemand.com. And then over time, you, you know, Neo was just a starting point of SAP's platform as a service offering. We had a number of different brand names and they reflect the evolution of SAP technology in general and also the priorities of the platform in each era. So we started as SAP NetWeaver Cloud. Yeah, it was after NetWeaver, NetWeaver branding. Then it was SAP HANA Cloud when everything was HANA. Then SAP introduced the HANA Enterprise Cloud. So we had then to rename from SAP HANA Cloud to HANA Cloud Platform. Then we broadened the focus. It was more than HANA. It was SAP Cloud Platform. And then some years back, it was rebranded the whole product to business, business technology platform to also basically have a, have a focus on, on, on business technology platform for building business applications. And NEO is now officially the sub-BDP NEO environment. Yeah, thanks, Christian. You have given us great insights into the history and evolution of NEO. Could you also briefly touch on the evolution from BTP NEO to BTP Multicloud? I was hoping you would ask this question, Niklas. Well, the key question is how come that we have ended up in two platform stacks, NEO and the non-NEO part of BTP, the BTP multi-cloud. So let's again go back when to 2010 when we started NEO. We wanted to build a platform as a service and there was no open source implementation and no open source community available for this. So we had to, to use technology that existed and we had to enrich it with proprietary code. In my opinion, there are three factors which uh, contributed to the evolution towards BDP multi-cloud. First, you know, there was a rapid emergence of new technologies and new open source communities specifically tailored to implement cloud platforms and then cloud services, container and Docker, Cloud Foundry, Kubernetes, so cloud native, you name it. And consequently, we, we had to renovate our implementation by adopting or moving to these new state-of-the-art technologies. Second, so in SAP and especially in our team, we believe in open source and the power of open source communities. So the creation of the Cloud Foundry Foundation and later of the Cloud Native Computing Foundation enabled us to move away from proprietary implementations to 
state-of-the-art open-source implementations and leverage the power of open-source communities. Third, the rise of hyperscalers, you know, the, the likes like AWS, uh, Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud Platform. So Neo was built on SAP infrastructure in SAP data centers, and it was optimized for the usage in SAP data centers. It was not readily available on hyperscalers. So if a customer would have asked us, hey, can you give us Neo on, on my hyperscaler of choice? I'm an Azure shop, give it on Azure. It would not be easy. And we saw an increasing demand by customers to run BDP on a hyperscaler of their choice. And all these three reasons led to a new implementation of BDP, first with Cloud Foundry, and later, we also added support for cloud native and, and Kubernetes via Kuma. And of course, also the ABAP environment of BDP. Yes, sure. Let's not forget ABAP. But thank you for explaining the SAP BDP Neo environment to us. At the beginning of July, of this July, SAP announced the end of life for the SAP BDP Neo environment. Can you share with us a bit more details and explain what that means and what consequences it has for SAP BDP and its customers? Yeah, so let's first understand what end of life means. It's cloud, it's a cloud service. It's not like end of maintenance of on-premise services, like you can continue to use it, but you don't get any maintenance. No, in the cloud, end of life means game over. We will shut down Neo. And what does shutdown mean? So Neo has 14 customer-facing regions, like the EO1 region in Rhodes, the US3 region in Sterling, AP1 in Sydney, and so on. These regions have domain names like us3.hana.ondemand.com. They have IP ranges for inbound traffic. And we will shut down and remove all 14 regions with their domain names and their IP ranges. And then after the new end of life date, which is end of 2028, any remaining usage would result in error. So usage needs to be migrated from Neo to BDP multi-cloud. And this is basically what SAP customers and partners have to do. Now let's talk a little bit about the target. So we want customers, of course, to stay with BDP and move from BDP Neo to yeah to, to, to the non-Neo part of BDP. So we struggle a little bit with the name because yeah, that says just BDP. And for many customers, it's Cloud Foundry. So, we, so the target BDP for them is tantamount to, to Cloud Foundry or CF. And that's, of course, false because Cloud Foundry is just a runtime and we still have ABAP as a runtime and, and there is Kuma. And then very important, there is a blenditude of a BDP service like the integration suite, API management, sub-build, and, and so on, you name it. So we try to establish the term of BDP multi-cloud to capture this non-neo part of BDP or sometimes we talk about the BDP multi-cloud foundation. So the goal is to shut down Neo after 2028. 
Okay, thank you for that. As a follow-up, can you please give us some more insight into why SAP made this decision of end of life for Neo? Yes, that's a, that's a good one. Of course, I could simply say, you know, everything has its own life cycle. It has a beginning, it has an end. Neo started in 2010, it will end end of 2008, that's 18 years, that's not bad. But of course, there is a, there is a deeper reason. So already in, in 2020, so more than three years ago, SAP decided to focus on one platform, which is BDP, instead of investing into two separate platform stacks. Neo is one platform stack, and the non-NEO BDP, the BDP multi-cloud as another platform stack. And the combination of the evolution of technologies and infrastructure, together with the need to focus on a single, single platform stack for SAP and also for our customers and partners, has led to the decision to fully concentrate on the multi-cloud offering moving forward. So in 2020, I believe it was in July, August, so more or less exactly three years ago, SAP announced that uh, BDP Multicloud would be the default offering for new customers moving forward. It means when, when customers buy BDP, they get BDP Multicloud at the first place and no new anymore. Yeah. That brings light into the motivations for the end of life. How did impacted customers react on this announcement? And second question, announcing the end of life for SAP BTP Neo environment does not result in SAP reducing investments into SAP BTP, right? Right. These are actually two questions. So let's start with the first one, customer feedback. So I had the pleasure to talk with a couple of customers on the new end of life announcement and their feedback was very, very positive. The end of life announcement was no surprise at all for them. You know, in, in the past, SAP had, had been telling to our customers for years, hey, Neo is not strategic anymore and you should migrate from Neo to BDP multi-cloud. And we know that more than 50% of Neo customers who are having a Neo sub account use already multi-cloud. So multi-cloud is not new for, for most of our customers. And what customers told us, hey, they had been anticipating and expecting the Neo end of life announcement. And customers are really thankful. They appreciate the clarity of our announcement. And they also appreciate the fair timeline of five and a half years, which allows them to plan and, and you know, execute the migration at their own pace. They don't need to hurry. They can plan it and then execute when they think time is, is right. Now, the second question, will we reduce our investments into NEO? Of course not. So we will continue like in the past, to invest into stability, availability, and security of NEO. So, for example, we now work on improving the multi-asset enablement of BDP NEO. I cannot share, not yet, share details here, but uh, this is an example that we do not lean back. Five and a half years, it, it's a long time. And 
we still have thousands or tens of thousands of customers depending on BDP Neo running their mission critical scenarios. And the Neo team, we want to have happy customers and we would help them with the transition from BDP Neo to BDP Multicloud. Does this answer your question regarding the future investment into Neo, Niklas? Yeah, it does. Thank you. The SAP BTP multi-cloud environment is running on hyperscaler infrastructure. Does that mean BTP customers need to sign a contract with the hyperscalers? And what impact have the hyperscaler infrastructure regarding the topic of data storage? So where's the data stored and located? And is there an EU access option available like in the BTP near environment before? Yeah, so if a customer wants to use BTP, the customer doesn't need to sign a contract with the hyperscaler. The customer needs to sign a contract with SAP and get a license for BTP, which these days is typically a CPA, a pay-per-use license. You can think of a hyperscaler like, like AWS or Azure just being a part of the implementation of BTP. And Yes, BDP uses the infrastructure services of a hyperscaler like, like block storage or an object store like S3 to process and to store data. And yeah, let's, let's be open. So if a customer uses BDP on a hyperscaler, then the customer's data will be stored on the hyperscaler's infrastructure. As already said, on, on block storage, on file storage, on object store, wherever. And yeah, we know this is a concern for some customers. And one way to basically react to this concern is that we also have the EU access option available for BDP multi-cloud, like we have it in for Neo. So we provide a, a region which customers can use to get EU access and that's the EU 11 region in, in Frankfurt. All right, that's very important to understand. Thank you. As a summary, if I am a customer which implemented SAP BTP Neo environment, what are my concrete action items? Who I find helpful information and where do I get support? Yeah, very good question. If I were a customer, I would ask the same question. So first of all, you as a customer, you have to migrate your usage, your scenario from Neo to multi-cloud. And why? Yeah, in the end, you know, Neo is just a, it's a platform, it's many services and uh, customers implement end-to-end -end scenarios, complex end-to-end -end scenarios. And only the customer knows this end-to-end -end scenario because the platform is in a certain way agnostic and only customers can validate and, and test their scenarios and roll them to production. So this is so this migration from, from uh, Neo to BDP multi-cloud, this is nothing which we as a platform can do transparently on behalf of the customer. It's more difficult, it's completely different from let's say applying the operating system patch. So, but, Luckily, customers are not alone in their endeavor to migrate from Neo to BDP multi-cloud. We provide good support to help and enable them. So let's look in a little bit more detail how we support customers to 
today. So if you are listening, then I would encourage you go to the SAP help portal, help.sap.com and search, search for migrating blank, neo, blank, multi-cloud. Wait a little bit and then you should see a page. I think for me, it's a second hit uh, with the title migrating from the neo environment to the multi-cloud foundation, Cloud Foundry and Kuma. That's our main entry point in the SAP help portal for everything about the migration. You can find their migration packs for the most important services like how to migrate from the Neo integration service to the sub-integration suite on PDP multi-cloud. You also explain very openly to customers how they can get in contact with our BDP migration experts. So we have a team of migration experts which are happy to help the customers. We call this team internally, that's our migration factory, and we encourage customers to reach out to them by sending a mail to sap.bdp.migration at sap.com. And now you might ask yourself, so, so what are the services? What do I get from the migration factory and, and this migration experts? You can even find this offering somewhere on the sap.com website. Search for plan your move from the neo environment to the multi-cloud foundation for SAP BDP. That's a long text. And then, then you get a page and there, there is also, I think, a four-page PowerPoint which explained how it works. And how does it work? It's very easy. So we offer a one hour kickoff call with a customer where we present the program or methodology and the migration process. Then the customer needs to give us access to their sub accounts via a support user. And then the migration expert typically takes um, two weeks to analyze how customers use Neo, what services they use, what what are the configurations, what applications do they run, security settings, and so on. And then we develop a roadmap, an individual roadmap for the customer, explaining the migration scope and the overall journey. Then after this two hours of internal assessment, we have another one-hour call with the customer to, to basically present the outcome, review the migration roadmap, and discuss next steps with the, with the customer. And then we offer checkpoints every two or four weeks to address migration-related questions. So it's important we, we do not do the migration, but we consult the customer how to do best and how to plan and execute the migration, and we provide certain consultancy. Yeah, thank you for sharing all these details and answering all my questions. So looking at time, we're approaching the end of the podcast. 
Let's do something fun if you want. Aside from our interview topic, I am deeply passionate about listening and creating music because music has a massive impact on humans in a lot of situations. So music is used as transportation of emotions, especially in films and videos. And based on that, I want to play a music game. And the game goes like this. I read a quote from a musician. I give you three artist names and you need to guess from which one the quote was. I can also give you some hints about the corresponding artist if needed. So do you want to play the game? Yes, let's give it a try. All right, so then here comes the quote. The great thing about rock and roll is that someone like me can be a star. And the three artist names are A. Elton John, B. Paul McCartney or C. Kurt Cobain. From which of the three can the quote be? Ooh, certificate. Elton John, Paul McCartney or Kurt Cobain? I need to guess. I can give you a hint. Yes, that would be great. So the artist is on the third place on the Billboard Hot 100 charts for greatest artists in history. Then I believe it must be Paul McCartney. That's unfortunately wrong. It's Elton John. It's Elton John. Ah, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. It's Elton John. <laughs> but did you also know that Elton John is not his real name? I know this, but I don't know his real name. Yeah, his real name is Reginald Kenneth Dwight. So not Elton John. But yeah, so thanks for playing the game. And uh, so with that, we're at the end of our podcast. So we want to always ask our podcast guests this last question in the end. Can you personally recommend a tech-related book or even a movie? Because you're very passionate about movies and films. So... If you have a recommendation, why do you think it's so good and nice to share? Our audience is always interested in. Yeah. So, yeah, I typically don't read uh, tech-related books, at, at least not in my private time, at SAP, of course. But this spring, I read a couple of books uh, on the functional programming language Haskell. So I was a little bit, had not nostalgic feelings because I implemented the functional language in the 80s and I did a lot of functional programming with Miranda, SML, Haskell at my time at university. So I read uh, two books about Haskell, which I can recommend. One is called Haskell in Dev by Vitaly Brakilevsky. The other is Practical Haskell, a real world guide for programming by Alejandro Menacerano. And what I find interesting about Haskell is it's, it's a pure functional approach and it's basically mathematics and, and combinatory theory like using monads to express things for modularity. And I always wanted to, to, to deep dive again to, to understand how monads work and how you can use them in Haskell. So I know Haskell is not maybe the most popular languages and I would have been better off in learning Python or maybe some other cool stuff. But yeah, I'm kind of fond of uh, functional programming languages. All right. Thank you. Any movie you want to recommend here? Ooh, I'm not prepared to this question. I know. <laughs> I, I, I watch so many movies. 
Uh, <laughs> no, you get me. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I can recommend one movie. So I'm a big fan of the French director Claude Chabrol. And if you don't know Claude Chabrol, you should watch at least, I can recommend you two movies. One is Le Boucher, The Butcher from 1970. And the other is uh, La Ceremonie from 1995 or just go to your favorite uh, movie page and just search for Claude Chabrol. Yeah, I need to do that. So with this, we're at the end of our eighth episode of the year 2023 and number 98 of SAP BTP Talk. I would really like to thank you again for tuning in and staying till the very end. Big thanks again to Christian Feist being my interview guest today. Thanks, Niklas. It was a pleasure. Yeah, sure. If you were listening to us for the first time and there were terms that were not clear to you, please let us know on our social media channels or drop us an email at platformtalks at sap.com so that we can help you understand them. Plus, we're always open-minded for your feedback, so please let us know what you do and don't like and most importantly, what are your wishes for the next podcast episode. When you like the podcast, please feel free to share it with your tech friends, colleagues and family. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast or leave a rating and review. You can listen to this podcast on various streaming platforms like, for example, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. And with that, I'm Niklas Siemer and I'm happy that I were your host today, recording from the SAP headquarters in Waldorf, Germany. Talk to you in the next episode. Until then, keep listening, keep learning and keep growing. Cheers and bye-bye. <laughs>